Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. On RNIB Connect Radio, we are always interested in looking at new technology, things that can improve the lives of people with visual impairments. Now, there's been uh, quite a bit in the press recently highlighting disability hate crime. There are, of course, all sorts of hate crimes which are now tackled quite proactively by police forces around the country. But what about a piece of technology that can help people who perhaps are victims of hate crime or spot a hate crime? or anti-social behaviour. Well, Matab Khan has designed just an app for that and he joins me now. You're welcome, Alan. Tell me, first of all, Matab, a little bit about yourself and where the idea for the Eyewitness app came from. I was born partially sighted blind. I lived in London for the best part of my life to begin with, went off to Middlesbrough and now live in Birmingham. The reason behind the app was initially as a result of an incident when I was younger, and I'm talking about under the age of 10, that my mum had experienced when on a London bus. These were the days when you had bus conductors and they issued you you with tickets. And what had happened was, and my mum was blind as well, by the way, and we had got onto a bus and it was the wrong bus that we had got onto. And it was understandable that we got onto the wrong bus because, of course, mum couldn't see the numbers in front of her, yeah? So we get on, and she realises when it takes the wrong turn that we're not on the right vehicle and speaks to the conductor and says, look, I need to get off here. Will I be able to use my ticket on the next one? And I know we're on radio, so I won't actually use the words that he used, but he effed and blinded at her like I've never heard anyone do before. Said to her, what's she doing on the bus? She doesn't belong in this country, etc., etc. I was blown away because as I was growing up, The one thing I was always told was that if you're in any kind of trouble, you go to someone in uniform. And back in the day, London transport workers used to wear uniform. And I was saying, well, Mum, aren't you going to do anything about it? And she said, well, don't worry about it, son. These things happen. But it's one of those things that kind of stayed with me as incidents do as you're growing up. Mm. I remember many years passing, so I'm talking about, you know, a few years ago now, sitting with my mobile phone and looking through some family photographs as it happens. And then I noticed that tagged with the family photograph, particularly on the iPhone, I think you can do it on any phone now, was the date and the time and the location. And I thought, well, hold on a second when it comes to reporting these sorts of incidents. Because as you know, police authorities, local authorities, and understandably so, the first thing that they need is some evidence. Otherwise, it's your word against another person's word. And this is a brilliant way of... Initially, it was done, as it happens, for the bystander rather than the victim to be able to capture evidence. So many people will be aware of it was this time last year in Leytonstone Tube Station, there was a guy carrying around a knife who stabbed someone. And there were onlookers recording that on their video cams on their smartphones. And I think the Twitterati it started criticising them for recording such an incident instead of taking some other form of action. And it was Sir Bernard Hogan Howe, head of Met Police, who got on TV and said, well, hold on a second, don't criticise these people, because actually if they give us that footage, it can act as youthful evidence at a later stage, you know, perhaps a trial or something. The issue, though, is that in real life, what people are doing is that when they're recording it, they're not sending it to the police. What they're doing is pasting it up on YouTube or Facebook, and then the police are having to find it there and then backtrack and try and find the person who pasted it. Now, the beauty with the app itself 
is, as I say, it's really for the onlooker because actually as a victim, what you don't want to do is to pull out a camera and put it in someone's face because you'll still have your phone taken away from you. And of course, it could lead to violence. But the nature of some of what we experience, particularly as disabled people, sometimes is and, and can be classified as hate incidents or hate crime. But sometimes it's lower level than that. And one of the things that I found over the past year working with particularly partially sighted people is that some of what happens is the person bumping into you, the person trying to trip you up, that sort of low level stuff that you don't know is going to happen. Being shortchanged at a shop, for example, taxi cab not stopping because they see you with your guide dog, those sorts of things that are really difficult to prove, if that makes some sense. Mm. But there is a mate that I have who you know, has a guide dog himself, and he takes his dog out for a walk most evenings. And he's come across circumstances where other people's dogs have either attacked his dog or other people have verbally abused him. And at the point at which he goes to the authorities, usually the police, the first thing they say is, can you give us a description of the perpetrator? And of course he can't do that, can he? He's got no sight. And what he's saying he's going to start to do now is, I think he's calling it the citizen's body cam. So what he's going to do now is that when he goes out for his walk, he'll kind of discreetly place it in his lapel pocket. He'll start the video recording. Should the journey be a safe and sound one, he'll just delete the file. But should there be an incident, he feels a lot more comfortable now going out because he thinks, well, actually, I have and may have some evidence, either the location, the GPS track will find that for him, or the video recording itself, particularly if he can get their face on it. That's useful evidence for the police to be able to pursue in circumstances where he may not have been able to give them the kind of information that they wanted in the past. Is that making some sense? Absolutely. So the app, which which would run on your smart device, you can have this running if you are out and about or if you witness anti-social behaviour or a hate crime, you can film it. But it will also, as you say, it will, it will mark this so it can be used in evidence. And, and does it store that information somewhere apart from just your phone? Yes, it does. So what happens is on completion of the cycle, what you do is that you send it to a secure vault and it sits there. And then what it does is to produce an email alert for the nearest police station or constabulary and the nearest Trinity Mirror Group newspaper. So what we did over the past year, we concentrated quite a lot on getting into the 150 20 Mirror Group, you know, they're the publishers of the Daily mm -hmm. Mirror, into their papers because we were very conscious that there are groups in society who say we don't trust the police because when we make a report, it either gets lost in the system or there's no reaction. And I think the police are aware of it, and I don't mean this by way of criticism, but they also mistrust between certain communities and the police themselves. And what we're saying is, well, what we can do is we can put in the checks and balances into the system, and then you can choose who you want to report to, be that the media or be it the police, or be it both of them. And what we're saying now is, look, try the system out, it's not going to break your bank. We've kept the license fee down as far as possible for councils. Councils are interested as well now by way of trading standards. Housing associations are interested as well now. But initially what we want to do is to capture the police because what's going to happen here is that this streamlines the whole process for them. If anybody has ever tried to report a hate crime, you'll notice that the forms that you fill in take you about half a day, and then so does the interviewing by the police, and it takes a day out of your life. And then, of course, there's the ongoing stuff as well. Now, what this does is it cuts all of that out, 
and it sends it directly to their control room and they're able then to have what's known as a chat or whisper facility so that they can speak to you. What I mean by speak is text you and ask you for more details. And the beauty about it is that there's a function within it for anonymous reporting. And what we're finding is that a lot of people prefer to use that rather than give a description of themselves because it, the event might not be about themselves. It might be something that they've witnessed. Hence the reason for calling it eyewitness, mm. you understand, yeah? And being that you're visually impaired yourself, Matab, I'm, I'm assuming that this app is fully accessible and very easy to operate. Well, this is the thing, Alan, is that I have friends who are continually testing it with me and for me. So what they'll do is on occasions they'll say, well, actually, Matab, this function is really easy to capture and to be able to work with, and it speaks out to me. But this function is more difficult to locate. Once I'm in there, I can work it. But can you make the location a lot easier for me so I can locate where the function is? So within the resources screen, for example, we've got a dozen or so organizations, including Citizens Advice Bureau, Women's Aid, Stop Hate, and all sorts of organizations where you can go to and we've only picked the ones that give free, confidential and impartial advice. And the back office facility for the police should be able to plot out for them. It gives them pins in a map where these things are being reported from. So the way that they work usually are around hotspots and clusters. And when you're talking about antisocial behavior, for example, when someone's in their own home, these things can be captured and almost predicted if you put the right algorithms in. But I'll be honest with you, Alan, I'm not that good at algorithms. It's our developers that have to do that for <laughs> Leave me. Leave that to the experts, matter. Um, it's, it's a fantastic piece of technology and still huge potential, matter. But if people would like to find out more about that or even try the app the themselves what are the details well i would encourage them to try the app and if they want to test it what they can do is that they can send a test report to media please don't send it to the police that wouldn't be fair but if you can send it to media and just write in the subject heading test and then that way we know that we don't have to worry about it being a genuine report or anything yeah the best way to do it i think is through our website because what i'm hearing particularly again this is feedback from partially sighted people when we go onto google app store when we go into uh, iphone app store there's so many apps called eyewitness so I reckon the best way to do it is to go through our website, which is eyewitnessapp.com, and that's spelt correctly. So that's E-Y-E-W-I-T-N-E-S-S-A-P.com. And there you'll have two buttons, one for your iPhone and one for Android, and that'll take you directly to the store. Matab, best of luck with the next generation of this and the continuing work on Eyewitness, and thank you for telling us all about it on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you for having me. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.